Trumos, Perik Gimel, Mishnah Gimel, 3.3. This is an absolutely fascinating Mishnah, which sheds light not just on the halachas of Trumos, but also the nature of partnership. If you recall from the very first Mishnah of Masechta, we had said that there were five people who couldn't give Truma, and even if they did take Truma, their separation of Truma is ineffective. It was based on Pesukim at the very beginning of, of Parsha's Truma in the Chumash and in Shemos, and we had said that the five people were, first of all, those who haven't um, the Cherishot of a Katan, the deaf mute, the mentally incompetent, and the child. And then we had said, uh, aside for them, we also had one who ties for another person. Hatorim es she'eno shalo, one who ties that which is not his. So we said, because the verse over there regarding Truma, the gifts in the, to the Mishkan in the desert, um, it had to be me'itam, from yourselves, um, it's understood that one can only tie that which is his, it's coming from himself, and not tied to someone else's property. Um, that is consistent with the the ta'am, the explanation or rationale that I gave for the mitzvah, that when one gives, he's giving as an opportunity to inculcate into himself the midas nasina, the, the trait of being a giver, and of Hakar Satov, of recognizing the goodness Hashem did for him. And since one is meant to be moved to want to give and reciprocate uh, in response to all the blessings that God has given to him, he wants to give something back to Hashem. And since he can't give it directly, the Torah gives the opportunity of giving it to God's proxy, the Kohen. That being the case, it makes sense that you would... The whole opportunity of the mitzvah is to give from your property, and it wouldn't make sense, therefore, necessarily for the Mishnah to allow you to give from someone else's stuff, which would obviate the need for you and the opportunity for you to give of your own, which is exactly what the mitzvah is coming to do. At least that's the tam, that's a, a rationale behind the mitzvah. The mitzvah, of course, remains, because um, there is a kasav, a, a black and white halacha from the Torah, that you simply can't tie that which isn't yours. In any case, our mission now discusses the fascinating question about what happens if you own something in partnership with another person. So the case here is that Reuven and Shimon are partners. They have, let's say, a vineyard together, and they have their 100 barrels of wine that now they've produced. So the question is, can Reuven take a tithe on behalf of Shimon? If Reuven takes Truma for Shimon... Uh, will that work? Because the hundred barrels they own are owned collectively, but of course economically and legally, only 50 of those barrels will go to Reuven and the remaining 50 will go to Shimon. So the question is, if Reuven takes one fiftieth, meaning two barrels, two percent, two barrels of wine to be Truma, one for him, one for Shimon, will that be effective? So it's going to come out in the Yerushalmi, not here in the Mishnah, that it's clear that the same way the first Mishnah in the Masechta is qualified. Later on, we said, if Reuven gives specific authorization to Shimon to act as his agent, then certainly Shimon, the Jew Shimon, can take tithes, including Truma, separate Truma, on behalf of Shimon, of Reuven. That will definitely work. So explicit authorization for sure would work. So in the case of the partnership, certainly, if the two partners are, are owning together and one explicitly, meaning he spoke out in words, that the other has the authorization to tithe on his behalf, so then certainly he, the second, can tithe on behalf of the first. So if Reuven authorizes Shimon to tithe for him, Shimon can take no problem for Reuven. 
The question Armish is considering here is whether there is no explicit authorization. Reuven Shimon never discussed who would do the tithing. So it'll come on the Rishalmi that if it's clear, let's say again, let's say for argument's sake, I'll change what I said before, let's say for argument's sake, Shimon is doing the tithing on behalf of Reuven. Shimon tithed first for Reuven. So it's going to be clear that if A, Reuven authorized Shimon to tithe verbally, he explicitly said, you can tithe for me, then for sure the separation of Truma, etc. will work. Moreover, it'll come out that if it's implicitly clear to everyone that Shimon can be tithing on behalf of Reuven, then that will also work. Meaning, let's say, for example, Reuven and Shimon are partners, and Reuven knows that Shimon is super religious, qualified, educated on the halachas of Truma, etc. And therefore, it's clear that, you know, we'll call Reuven looks to Shimon as being, so to speak, the rabbi, quote-unquote, of the partnership. So certainly, it goes without saying, and it went without saying that Shimon will be authorized to take the, ta- the trumo because he's, so to speak, the rabbi in the relationship. He knows what he's doing. That's how the rush learns. The rush learns as long as um, Shimon knows what he's doing, Reuven for sure would, would agree to him taking the tides. According to Ram, the parish Mishnayas, it's that Shimon is, so to speak, like the managing partner. He's the one who Reuven relies upon for all sorts of things, in terms of the administration of the affairs of the partnership, so certainly just as he, Reuven doesn't require Shimon to have, uh, you know, dual signatures on the checks, so to speak, he lets Shimon take care of things, he lets Shimon also do the tithing, that's also okay, says the Rambam. So that will be implicit authorization, and that would also work. <clears throat> the flip side, if it's clear that, so to speak, Reuven is the rabbi in the relationship, uh, and Reuven really doesn't necessarily trust Shimon in terms of his tithing abilities, or Reuven is you know, uneducated regarding tithing. So then certainly, Reuven would never implicitly authorize Shimon to do the tithing. And that being the case, everyone will agree that if Shimon does the tithing, it's ineffective. That's according to Rush, who learns us about, you know, Reuven trusting Shimon for the halachic technicalities of tithing. According to Raman would be where, let's say, Reuven is the managing partner, and again, Shimon isn't, and therefore Reuven didn't necessarily trust Shimon to do anything in terms of the admin of the wine, so that would include not necessarily trusting him or relying on him or authorizing him to do the tithing, separating of the truma, etc. So in that case, there is no implicit uh, authorization granted from Reuven to Shimon, so if Shimon would do the tithing, separate truma, it would not be effective. The case of our Mishnah is going to be where Reuven and Shimon are partners, they never discussed explicitly who would do the tithing, and Reuven is just not necessarily... Um, even implicitly clear that Shimon could and should be the one to take Trumos. That is to say, according to Rush, Reuven isn't necessarily sure that Shimon knows what he's doing in terms of the tithing. And according to the, the, the Rambam, it'll be Reuven is not necessarily um, comfortable with, with Shimon doing everything in terms of administration, etc. So since it's ambiguous, we have to now decide. Since there was never explicit authorization given from Reuven to Shimon, and it's ambiguous, it's not clear if Reuven would have even implicitly authorized Shimon to do the tithing. When Shimon went and tithed, do we now consider it to be an effective taking of Truma or not? And that's in Chlokas tonight. The Mishnah says, Hashutafim, if there are partners, Shetarmu ze achar that one tithe after the other. So the case in our Mishnah is a very, you know, simpler case um, in terms of how it played itself out, where first Shimon did the tithing on behalf of both of them, and then Reuven, not knowing Shimon had done the tithing, also tithes it, also takes the truma. I keep on saying tithe, but I really should make it clear we're talking about taking truma here. 
So that is so. Let me explain. This here's the case. Here's the picture. You have a hundred barrels of wine, and you want to give two percent, one fiftieth of that, as truma. So Shimon gets up in the morning. He says, "Okay, let's get this going," and he takes two barrels of wine as truma, and he says, "You know, one is for my fifty, and one is for Reuven's fifty. That's everything. Is in terms of the numbers and and the taking of the truma, everything is good." Reuven then wakes up, and not knowing that Shimon had done the separating of the truma, he also takes two barrels and says, one is for my 50, and one is for Shimon's 50. So the question is, if Shimon's tithing, his separation of trumas worked, so then, and it was totally effective, then Reuven attempted to take truma from already tithed produce, and that being the case, nothing would happen, it would be ineffective. But if Shimon's tithing wasn't effective for Reuven because he wasn't authorized to take tithe and separate truma for Reuven's share. It'll come out then that the half of the hundred that belongs to Shimon is now properly having truma separated from it, but the half that belongs to Reuven is not and still must have truma taken from it. So Rabbi Akiva, the first shita, will say that as the mission says inside, Rabbi Kiva Omer, Trumas Shnehem Truma. Both of their Truma separations are effective. They do work. That is to say, Rabbi Kiva holds that even though it's a partnership, since it's not explicit and not even implicit that Reuven would authorize Shimon to take tithes and Truma for him, so therefore, Shimon's taking of the Truma is only effective on his portion, and then when Reuven does afterwards, it'll only be effective on Reuven's portion. That is to say, when the two barrels of wine are separated by Shimon to be truma on the hundred, one of the barrels will be truma, and one of the barrels will remain tevel. Because he has no authorization and therefore no ability to do the turn the second barrel into truma because that would be taking truma for Reuven's portion. So then what will happen is you'll have two barrels off to the side, one of which will be Truma, and one of which will be still Tevel. When Reuven now comes, and he takes two more barrels worth of wine, and says, one is for me, and one is for uh, Shimon, so Shimon's won't need, and can't be taking Truma a second time, because it's been Truma taken once, but Reuven's does need to have Truma taken, and it will be effective. Therefore, when Reuven takes the one barrel, um, it'll be one fiftieth, so where are, where are those 50? So originally there were 49 in the main section, 49 out of the 98 that were remaining after Shimon took two. And then there'll be another one with Shimon's two for a total of 50. So Reuven will take one from the 49, actually takes two, excuse me, from the, from the, he takes two from the 98, but one of them is belongs to him. And that'll be one of his 49. And he'll say, this will be Truma, which will be effective on taking Truma from the remaining 48 left with the original barrels of wine and the one that Shimon had separated aside. So if you're now keeping track, maybe easier with the picture, you'll have a total of what was 100 is now down to 96 back, let's say, in the, in the storage facility because there are 96 still there because two more are where Shimon put them, and now two more are where Reuven put them. So you have 
96 plus 2 plus 2 is 100. Um, but one of the two by Shimon will be Truma, and one of the two by Reuven will be Truma. Since you won't know which of the two in both those cases are the Truma and which is now, both of them will be tied properly, so which the two is now um, Hulin, since both of them have now tied their 50, so everything is good, you'll have to give all four barrels to a Kohen, and you'll simply have to tell the Kohen that two of them belong to his Truma, the other two are Hulin, Truma's been taken from them, uh, but you still have to do subsequent tithing, you'll have to you know, take Meister and so on and so forth. And then the Kohen will be allowed to pay for up to uh, two barrels out of the four, meaning two barrels have to go, go to the Kohen for free because they belong to the Kohen. The other two, Reuven and Shimon, the partnership could sell to a Kohen because that is not economically property of the Kohen, but they'll have to give it to a Kohen because since there's no way for a non-Kohen to eat from those any of those four barrels because any of them could be Truma. Okay, so that's, the, that's Rabbi Kiva's case. That the both since both of them tithe, um, it'll ultimately be okay. But you'll have the situation where Shimon only was able to tithe for Shimon's, and Reuven was only able to tithe for Reuven's. And that's what the mission says again. Rubikiv Omer Truma Shnehim Truma. Each one separation of Truma is effective for themselves, but not for the other parties. The Chacham or the Chacham disagree. The Chacham say no. If it's not totally clear uh, if Reuven authorized Shimon or otherwise, we can assume safety since they're partners. And since there's no good reason for Reuven not to authorize Shimon, therefore we'll assume that Reuven would implicitly give permission to Shimon to do tithing. And if Shimon did take Truma properly, then Shimon's first taking is effective. And that being the case, Truma Sarisha, on the first two barrels that were taken off by Shimon, those will be Truma. And the stuff that Reuven does the second time is like nothing. You can just pour them, those two barrels back to the, with the rest of the remaining 96. Rabbi Rabiosi is going to come to just clarify, to modify what the Chacham said. Rabiosi holds, Im tarm harishon kishior, so long as the first guy, meaning Shimon, tied the appropriate amount, then ain truma sasheni truma. Then this, when Reuven goes and attempts to take truma a second time, it won't work. Because you'll recall that mid oraisa, according to the Torah, even one drop of wine would be sufficient as truma, to exempt the entire 100 barrels from any further truma taking. However, the rabbi said no. When it comes to taking truma, you should give, um, an average person should give 150th, a stingy person can give 160th, and a generous person can give 140th of the total supply. So when we say that Reuven has implicitly authorized Shimon to take the tithing and take the trumas, that's assuming that he takes exactly 150th. But if he doesn't take 150th, so then who says that that uh, Reuven wanted him to take, let's say, less than 150th and give a 60th, and therefore won't be effective. So Rebiosi says it only works if Shimon does as what an average person would do, and we assume that we can assume that Reuven wants Shimon to do what's average, an average person should do, and therefore specifically 150th was taken by Shimon. Otherwise, it's not effective on behalf of Reuven, Reuven has to take his own again. So that's what it says here. Rebiosi Omer, Im Tarm Harishon Kishir, the first guy took as is appropriate, meaning a 50th, ain truma sasheni truma, then this, that first separation of truma was effective, and what Reuven will take is ineffective, he can go back, because it's too late, doesn't need to be done. Vim lotam harishon kashior, on the other hand, if Shimon, the first tithe, wasn't done specifically 150th, then truma sasheni truma, then 
Shimon was not effective and not successful in tithing on Reuven's behalf because he wasn't authorized to take less than what there was prescribed by the rabbis on the 50th. And therefore, when Reuven goes and tithes a second time, at least for his half of the wine, Reuven's taking of truma is still effective. And the halach is like Rabbi Yossi as the Chum as modified by Rabbi Yossi.